Hello and welcome along to podcast number two, Around the World in 80 Events, The Journey. If you've listened to podcast one, I'm guessing you loved it that much, you thought I want to delve back in and understand more events as Matthew takes us on a journey and tells a story. Yes, that's right, it is a story and it is a journey when I'm comparing both the events I went to in 2019 with what's happened in 2020. Now we're on event number three. This was a lovely Friday afternoon where I went to the White Ferns vs India and Black Caps vs India, so that's the women's New Zealand cricket team and the men's cricket team in Eden Park. This was a double herder and it was actually for the first time that the women's New Zealand team had ever graced Eden Park with over 50,000 seats, the floodlights making it even more special and really these prestige athletes were trembling um, within fear but also excitement of what they were facing. Cricket was a sport that really amazed me throughout the whole journey. It really was a scene of popular within certain cultures in India and so on and we'll get to that later. It hadn't gripped me as much um, personally but once I got to really sit in a stadium and understand the passion that there was around me then it did. This was the holy grail for cricket, Eden Park. The stadium was in the heart of a community. It was filled, unfortunately, with a lot of rules with what events and certain amount of concerts that they could host. This was holding back the stadium to an extent, unfortunately. And if you ever can, do check out Eden Park because it is a really forward-thinking venue that is trying to show the impact that they can have on the community, but also on Auckland. In 2020, of course, with lockdowns, cancellation of international visits and no events happening, we we really saw Eden Park empty of fans, empty of an atmosphere. Now, when I walked into Eden Park for that doubleheader of cricket, I was astonished with the noise. You had the drill drums um, being played by fans, you had fan zones, you had clappers, you were getting given out stuff. It was a real mix of senses and a, a, an avalanche of emotion that was coming from each person and each fan. It wasn't just about a bat and ball being hit, although that was exciting when six or four would be shouted and I would look to my new friends who would help me out, Henry's name was, who would literally, I didn't know him before then, but then of course he listen to my accent and says, I'm guessing you know nothing about cricket, and that was us, a relationship was formed. Now all of this is something that 2020 hasn't seen. Relationships haven't been formed at events, we haven't been able to to meet randoms who have the same interest or passion. The journey of a sport or the journey of a fan has been limited And now we are seeing that cricket is opening back up in New Zealand. And I thought, let's try and delve into that today and let's talk about how that is coming back on board. The international visitors uh, have actually been recently welcomed back to New New Zealand. And this has unfortunately had some mixed results. Yes, it's bringing back cricket and there is fans within certain arenas and Eden Park's being used as one of only few venues and stadiums in the whole world that's actually in 2020, post-March, had fans in, which is quite astonishing to see, and the reaction, of course, has been great. But in Pakistan, cricket team who were playing New Zealand, they unfortunately have had six players who have tested positive while in New Zealand. The New Zealand government, shall we say, when they have had such strict and stringent lockdown procedures, have not 
been too happy. It's been blamed on a lot of things to do with the behaviours of players, um, and it was linked also to breaking biosecurity procedures while they were actually in isolation. So that in itself is something you have to now think about if we're wanting to continue global sport, if we're wanting to allow audiences to be able to see teams, it's about making sure that cultures and teams, and I'm not just saying at all just Pakistan, but also that teams are understanding the prestige that's been put on them, the trust that's been put on them, the ability to come and entertain, but also making sure they are behaving at the same time. They have actually been issued a final warning, which is quite amazing that a government has kind of stepped out and says, no, you need to listen to us. So let's now move across the Oceania, uh, across the Oceania even, and let's go to Australia, where they had India playing. Uh, chants, boos and roars of course welcomed back into the stadium in Sydney but one thing that I found really interesting and I wanted to talk about was the fact that there was a protester arrived and ran onto the stadium ran onto the wicket within the match. Now just think about that, just think about what sport has been missing yes we have missed you know the, 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 the joy that sport brings it brings the, the element of um, commercialisation, merchandise, wearing tops, having that pride, you know, all this element. But also a protest happening during our cricket match was a reminder that sport also plays a part of evaluating and also elevating society issues. Sometimes a protest in a streaker is not just funny and giggle giggles and a security breach, but it's bringing something to the forefront of national TV, a news story, or something that allows people to maybe restock. And this was about a company who sponsored the Indian cricket team, Adani. Now, without anything that has a central focus, it allows that disruption to then be seen again. And what I mean by that is, without sport actually have happened, streakers are back, protesters are back. Yes, okay, they were maybe unemployed over the pandemic, but they're able to now strategically think about the what can they do while the sport is back and building up and everyone's back watching it, even probably more than usual because there is limited entertainment outlets. So, cricket, bat and ball is bigger than what we think in 2020 and the impact, of course, will keep going as we see World Cups being cancelled and we see competitions across the whole of the spectrum of cricket really being changed forever. Now we are going to talk about the Indian Premier League but that's going to be later on when I did visit on this journey in 2019. So we then go to another swimming event. So Beanrock Swim was a professional swim in 2019 the waves were rocky, it was a really grey morning on the Saturday, it was kind of kind of very eerie as the athletes were all briefed, they all had their white hats on, their black swimsuits, I could see in the distance a cruise liner come in and I thought wow the waves are going to be even higher, it, was a, it, was, it wasn't just about community and you know togetherness although there was that, it was actually about training as a professional athlete. This was a proper swim, so compared to the one that I spoke about earlier, the waves were going to be challenged, well, were going to challenge these athletes and these swimmers who had trained for years every weekend 
not just for this moment, but maybe for triathlons and so on. So this was a competition. Now, we've already delved into swimming, so let's dive into something else and let's move on to event number five. Hashtag our match, pride. But this was with a difference. Auckland was about to host an event that... F- formed a lack of confidence to the original plans. In 2019, Pride actually became one of the very few Prides globally to not allow police as part of the parade within a float. They didn't want police to be wearing uniform. This com- combinated, or shall we say, um, equaled and resulted in losses of sponsorships, activation floats gone, employment opportunities gone, contracts lost, the LGBT society and movement really been put through something that was not necessarily needed but it did open a whole new conversation and was front page of every newspaper in the whole of New Zealand and even globally. Now in 2020 they say that within this year there was over 500 prides cancelled but in 2019 the pride that was seen in 2018 in Auckland was not the same. There was a change. The Liberation Group moved forward with something that turned into more of a protest. It was an anniversary as such as well for Stonewall and and that movement in itself. There was no police, there was no floats, there was no real commercial options. It was more to do with the history and the origins of the protest. Equality. This was a march through the city. This was voices loud between skyscrapers of the city centre of the CBD of Auckland. It was a protest And although, yes, there was two police officers who were closing the roads off at the front, this was back to the original origins of Stonewall. There was no glitter. There was no flags being flown from buildings and commercialisation opportunities. 2019 in Auckland, for me, was an eye-opening opportunity to see the event change completely and allow itself to go back to its roots. But now in 2020, we then saw 500 prides cancelled. Digital prides were launched and it provided something more of a different aspect to the movement. They were tried in the past but never really came to anything. Whereas now, it was the only thing that people could really jump onto and be free to enjoy and express themselves in a different way. Now, flags flying over horizons of cities globally, recognised during Pride Months or Pride Weekends within Sydney, London, Paris. Glitter lining streets and performances taking over and commercialisation opportunities and sponsorships and everyone everyone with a lanyard for that weekend saying we support this and Starbucks selling their rainbow coloured cakes. None of that really happened in 2020. Instead, what you saw was the crowds and those that collect the beads and those that come out to support the movement, not really aware of these digital prides as such. Will we ever see the same affection that we've seen in the past? And I mean that in a way of observing, when I observed two different prides, one in Vancouver and one in Auckland, and the difference was quite, like, completely different. In 2023, they're expecting to do Europride, with sponsors and supporters, But will sponsors be able to actually get through this? Will corporate social responsibility agendas 
actually include pride movements and mass participation in events in case of the risk of them getting cancelled again? Will World Pride go ahead? Now, the numbers of digital prides, of course, were nowhere near the numbers of the sh- on the streets. But access and attention paid and the statement of being involved, straight or gay, is something that's really interesting when it comes to the involvement of those in Pride. The digital connection has game-changed some countries' and cities' involvements through Zoom or Teams, with places such as Lebanon able to roll out a Pride that was all online. And it was okay to be part of it if you were gay. It was okay to have your voice heard. Instead of being arrested like they have been in the past, 2020 and the technological abilities allowed a celebration that was a game changer. There was no marching down the streets, but there was marching in hearts on screens. Globally, the pride of the world was united by those who want to be as one. 70 countries globally punish those who celebrate or are found guilty of involvement within same-sex sexual activity. Now a screen and a march within people's hearts allowed those who wanted to be part of the pride movement to do so. It decreased fear. Fears disappeared when hope was brought as one, when love was put onto a new level. Now, I don't know what it's like to be in a minority group. And yes, it's great to be standing in the street with a flag and be able to express themselves. But if you live in a country like that, and you're able to then go online and still be part of something, then that must be even more joy. So 2020 might not be full of the glitz and glam in the events industry as we're used to, but there's changes. And changes have got to be, shall we say, leaked upon. We've got to enjoy them. We've got to celebrate and actually capture them and allow our fans or our audiences to capture them with us. So, that was three, four and five. Next up is, of course, going to be six and onwards. And we're going to be taking you through my final events in New Zealand and we're going to be talking about how 2020 looked for them but also how 2020 looked for similar events globally. Tell your friends, check out this podcast around the world in 80 events, The Journey. There is no jingles, there is no sponsors. Instead, it's just a story about events, whether it's coming from your car, from your earphones, or wherever you are in your kitchen or so on. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. They can give you a bit of relief during this time that we live in. So, have a great week, take care of yourselves, and all the best.